0: Welcome back to the ramp podcast today. We have Anna Miller, who is the founder of second careers. And she's going to be talking today about a lot of things related to the job search, career navigation, the social job search, all sorts of things. We're really, really excited to have you on the podcast today, Anna.
1: Thanks so much, Ben. I'm excited to be here.
0: Welcome. So as always, the first question we ask all of our guests is who is Anna Miller?
1: So I'm a founder and career coach and my background has been working in tech. So I've taken all my personal experiences and now a lot of professional experiences on top of that to help career changers land jobs in tech and create impact in their lives.
0: Okay. Awesome. And so specifically you would say like the the clients you work with, candidates you work with, the space you work with is primarily in the tech space. Is that correct?
1: Yes, exactly. My background has been working in the tech space. So basically I focus exclusively on helping people get into that industry.
0: Okay. Super interesting. And I know there's been like the last tech's been a super hot space over the last five plus years. Do you feel like comparing like maybe this year and last year, do you feel like there's been an increase or the same or decrease in the amount of people who are like really interested in breaking into tech maybe for the first time?
1: There's definitely an increase basically since the pandemic. So basically there's like post-2020 and like pre-2020 bootcamps went virtual and then they could take in more people. And then on top of that, they did a lot more marketing, all kinds of bootcamps. So basically there's more early career people every year and it's been growing because it's just easier to get the education to upskill.
0: Got it. Totally makes sense. We see that a lot with RAM, just people nowadays, there's a lot of opportunities to get the skills you need to do certain jobs. Then you add in like remote work a lot of times, like the location doesn't matter as much. And then a lot of other things just make tech really, really attractive these days. So talk to me for a minute about just career transition in general. So I want to talk about tech specifically, but you talk about generally with career transitions, it's like, it can be a change of your professional identity, it can feel like you're totally changing who you are in a lot of ways, some of that stuff. So for anyone that's maybe whether it's tech or otherwise, that's interested in making a career transition, like how do you coach people or talk talk to people about going through that?
1: Yeah, so it is a shift in identity. And it's important to acknowledge that and kind of work through that. So the first thing that we do is acknowledge the skills that they do have. So let's say you went to a boot camp for software engineering. A lot of career transitioners do this. However, you probably have skills from other uh, jobs that you have and like you're already a professional in some industry. So first you want to acknowledge that you have work skills that you can bring to any job. And grounding yourself in that knowledge that you already know how to work with people and that you know how to communicate, you have an idea of how to use these different tools um, to work remotely, for example, um, or in office, um, that is an important step in um, feeling confident in your new skills as well, because your new skills need some kind of baseline of confidence. And that's where we start identifying transferable skills, especially from the Standpoint of tech and translating some of the words so that they don't seem as unfamiliar, so that you start somewhere and start building confidence from there.
0: Got it. Makes sense. For in terms of boot camp, skill building courses, stuff like that, is that something you typically recommend? Like any person looking to transition into tech should do, or is it depending kind of on the transferable skills that you were just talking about? Like if they already have enough, or do you recommend it for anyone?
1: It really depends on how you want to continue, you know, learning and career growth. So some people actually do really enjoy the technical aspect and the puzzle solving aspect of engineering. Some people want to do something more creative. So they do design. Some people have some background in like marketing or sales. So maybe they do like sales kind of boot camps. There's definitely a variety of roles you can move into however if you want to move away from one profession and do a completely different profession there is some upskilling that's necessary at least to start and then the work experience helps you get further
0: got it great makes sense so you're talking about transferable skills stuff like that so outside of you said the first thing you sit down you acknowledge that you're making a transition you're looking at the skills you have and how those relate to the next role Let's say you've gone through a boot camp now where you feel like, okay, I've got the skills. I know what I want. Now I'm trying to go out and get it. I'm trying to go out and find a job or apply to a job or whatever else. Are there any differences you, you see or you recommend in how like someone who's career transitioning should approach the job search than someone who isn't? Or is it the same in your mind?
1: So first and foremost, networking works no matter if you're a zero years in tech or 10 years or 20 years. The tech market itself has shifted. So pre-2020, there was a lot of local markets, right? They still exist. However, post-2020, you have a ton of remote as well. So now mm. people have been really hyped up on remote and more and more people apply to every single role that's remote. So instead of you know the local market, Having a cap on just like how many engineers exist in Austin, Texas, you have a bunch of engineers applying to that same remote role. So then it's just the numbers. So basically, networking is a key tool, no matter your experience in tech. However, when you're zero to three years experience directly in tech, like you're just getting started, you want to rely on networking first and foremost, because of those high volume applications in remote, especially if you're doing focusing on remote. So basically you want to start with networking in order to actually gain visibility, which before we didn't have a huge problem with that in tech, because like people were just applying in their cities. So they might be like a couple hundred applicants, right? Naturally. But now that's like a couple hours or maybe sometimes for more junior roles. Like if you see a software engineer role with two years of experience, You're going to have a thousand applicants in one day, so especially if it's remote. (laughs) So how do you actually get seen, right? Because no one can handle that volume on either end. That's where networking comes in. And as more people get more comfortable doing this, those are the people that are more likely to get interviews. So that's kind of the process.
0: Got it. So talk to me about networking, because I think for a lot of folks or we've talked to a lot of folks, too, who it, the idea of like putting yourself out there or, you know, talking to people or strangers or whatever else is can be terrifying or just out of their comfort zone. So particularly, let's say you're transitioning careers and you're like, I don't even know where to start. Like, I don't know a single person in this new career field or whatever. Maybe they know one person. So I guess to start with, let's assume someone has no connections, no network, whatever. Let's say they like have a LinkedIn profile that has like a hundred connections or something or whatever, or how, what are, what do you do first? Or like, how do you approach those, those first steps of networking?
1: So what's interesting is that every single person on this planet has a network because you are a human being that probably has some family and friends and people you went to school with. (laughs) So that is your network right now. So what you do is you start networking with the people you know right now. So your partner, your friends, your friends of friends, coworkers literally anyone you have contact info for. So if you've ever emailed anyone, those could be people in your network. If you, you know, have like co-workers that you can still contact, those could be in your network. Let's say you're like a little early in your career and maybe you haven't had as many jobs. Well, maybe you went to school. (laughs) Most people have gone to school in one capacity or another. Think about the students that you went to school with. Every single person knows other people. So in a very small example, you know, I went to university. So if I was able to actually keep in touch with the people that I went to school with, if I even contact five of them, today, and one of them replies and refers me to one other person, I'm already growing my network. So you start local and you start where you can with who you know today.
0: Totally, totally makes sense. I think that's also can be helpful, like, go to the people you know that you can ask of them without Warring. like i think there's so so much tied into you meet someone new and like are you asking them a favor or do you need to give this, something to them first it's just and there's a lot of I, i'd love to get your perspective on that in a second but i love the idea of just who do you know even if it's one person if it's literally like i only know th- or three people or whatever it is there's somebody and then at least start there okay they might know someone they might not but that's the best and like lowest effort place to start
1: Yes, exactly. So then when you move on to LinkedIn and other platforms, there's different methods you use for different platforms. Let's mention Facebook first because honestly, you know people our age probably aren't on Facebook, but a lot of people still have community on Facebook. You could make a post on Facebook and your aunts and uncle and second cousin might see it, and they might, you know think of someone and you know get you in touch with them. Or they might share it and someone else you don't know can share it, right? So this also works on LinkedIn, obviously. But the beauty of LinkedIn is people are used to networking and being asked for support in different ways. So, yes, the social dynamics of asking for a favor may seem unfamiliar, but it's very common and normal. So, once you kind of shift your mindset to everyone is doing this, you want to acknowledge that, you know, you are looking for support in some way, and there's probably ways you can support others. So you want to find people that are open to help you. So that's where you start reaching out by maybe sending connection requests, maybe having conversation with them. A lot of times this could be thought of like as informational interviews or coffee chats or connection calls, or even a chat through a DM with them. So you want to start where your network is. Even if it's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I don't know, and then slowly move more and more towards LinkedIn because more of the net professionals in different companies are on LinkedIn, so you can find them. It's a database.
0: Got it. In terms of like starting to network, put yourself out there, all these things. How long would does it typically take, or have you seen it take? Let's say someone is tra- career transitioning and they're like, "Gosh, that sounds like a lot of work," and you're trying to just set their expectations. How long do you think it takes to go from zero to, hey, you're starting to maybe get some opportunities come through the door?
1: So opportunities themselves could be a couple months. It could be anywhere from, I would say four to six months, but actual jobs could be up to a year if it's your first job in tech. It doesn't mean it's going to take a year. I'm just saying if you set expectations, it really depends on so many things out of your control. You want to identify those that are in your control. So one, the people you know right now in your local network, and two, your efforts reaching out to new people in companies that you know are hiring. And then we get into the space of there's so many things out of your control, like maybe the company posted something, but they already have a candidate, or they posted and they're not going to hire, or they don't have a recruiter right now. So it's going to take a month or two to like just get candidates to interview So you can do your networking and the networking will show results over time. So networking is about creating relationships and maintaining them over time. They're like seeds that at some point will sprout and they might sprout at different moments in time, but they are like a combination of of support that can help you and you never know what can be most helpful or who they can recommend. Sometimes people can become mentors. They can recommend other people to network with that can, you know, look out for something and find a role that's interesting for you. So it's kind of like be curious and know that you may never know what could happen. And that's kind of the beauty of it.
0: Right. So what I'm picking up on here is it takes time. Like it definitely takes a lot of time. It's an investment. Do you recommend like people, if anyone who's watching this and they're like, I don't need a new job at like anytime soon, like I'm happy where I'm at. Is this something you still recommend that people start doing just because it does take so long to like plant the seeds? You don't want to, you want to go out to like a bloomed garden. You don't want to go out to like the the soil when you need Mm -hmm. a a new plant.
1: Yes, exactly. In a way, that's a good analogy. So let's say, for example, you have three years under your belt as a designer and you want your next... And maybe you have certain criteria of what you, you want your next role to be and what kind of company. Six months before, let's say three months before you want, you're want you like planning to really do the switch or start the job search, you want to start networking with people at companies of interest for you. So these could be hiring or not hiring, but you can essentially start doing your research on different platforms, LinkedIn included, of like, what are these companies that can provide and match some of my criteria of like creating impact, good salary, a collaborative team, whatever it is, I don't know, better benefits, PTO, whatever it is you're looking for, you can start building those relationships a few months before, so that when you are on the market and like actively looking it's much more natural to ask for help through referrals, additional intros, you know, maybe asking them they seen any roles that come across. And in fact, they may even come to you and say, Hey, I don't know if you're looking, but we're hiring for this role. So they basically building these relationships helps you access, you know, more resources quicker. So it's a compounding effect as well. So at first they may feel like there's nothing in the fields, but afterwards, like we know, like if you plant a lot of seeds, you'll have a lot of flowers and a forest.
0: Yeah. So I want to get tactical or I guess as specific as possible here for a second, because I think like, I know for me in the past to one place where things break down a lot of times is conceptually great. Okay. So I put myself out there. I'm connecting with people. Like, what do I say? Like, what do I literally do? So I guess I have a couple of questions related to that, but the first one is, How do you go about like establishing credibility or just establishing yourself that you would be a valuable person for someone else to add to their network when you don't know them? So like, for example, you can say, hey, like, let me know if you ever have a role open, but unless they think of you as someone that they would want to come and Mm -hmm. find when that role opens, you know, they're not going to think of you. So what are some ways to like establish credibility when you're making first contact or first like networking with someone new?
1: Yeah, for sure. So what you want to think of the process is you're never convincing anyone and you're never directly selling yourself. The only time you want to be super direct is if you're asking for a raise and you need to be more direct to get that raise or you want a promotion, you know, things that sometimes nuance and being soft doesn't really work. Right. Networking is different because relationships can show up in different ways and can help you in different ways. So what you wanna start with first is curiosity first and foremost. And hopefully this is a personality trait that you have and most people have, is being curious about who this other person is and what are they willing to share about their career or background. So a very easy way to connect is with a connection note that says, I noticed you're a designer, I'm also a designer, I'd love to learn from you. If you're looking for a new role, you could say, I'm looking for a new role and I'd love to learn from you. Or you could say, you know, let's stay connected on LinkedIn and like help each other, something like that. But basically, the yeah. concept of coming into the conversation as learning about them first and foremost. So the first couple of parts of the conversation is always about them because it's your kind of responsibility to lead the conversation in this case. Because in a way, you are selling yourself, but it's not selling yourself. It's just like starting the relationship. So you're putting in the effort to actually like get to know them. So a little bit like dating, but there's no like specific goal that, you know, can come right away. The, The results of the networking can come in at different times. So if you're actively job searching, you have a conversation with them. And then as part of that conversation, you start sharing that yourself, just like in real life. So let's say we get out on a coffee date and I ask you, like, what do you do for work? You know, what do you like to do after work? Like, I don't know, what do you like about New York? Things like that. So I find out what is important to you. So normal human conversation, I ask you about yourself. (laughs) And then you start to think, oh, who is this? Who's this person too, right? So people naturally get curious. So. When you provide a place and a platform for others to share about themselves, they'll naturally get curious about who you are. However, they might not ask themselves. So what you do is midway through the conversation, you say, I'd love to share a little bit about myself. I realize I didn't like speak about it yet. So then you share a little more about your background. And this can vary based on if it's like relationship building only or there's an open role and you actually wanna make an ask sooner. So let's say it's just relationship building. You share share a little more about like why you like a certain industry or like why you're working a certain role, why you got into it. So basically something about your story. You want to stay relevant within the scope of the conversation. So if we're talking about design, you talk a little bit about your interest in topography or colors or design systems or why you're working in fintech versus health tech. Something that is about you and your choices, right? And then, and then you can, you know, either let that fizzle out for a bit or continue, depending on if there's actual shared interest. If there is an open role and you're actively applying, what you would do is you would mention the job description and pick up something in the job description that's relevant to you. So let's say the job description is like five years working in FinTech, building design systems. So you could say, hey, thanks for sharing so much about your background. I'd love to share a little more about mine. Then you share that. I also noticed there is an open role in your company. It really matches my background. Are you open to referral? So it's a more natural conversation flow because you're literally sharing information about yourself. And they kind of have already kind of shared about themselves. So you created a bit of a relationship first. So it's less transactional and then if you really feel nervous you can end all your kind of asks with if there's anything i can do for you please let me know i'd love to be you know supportive and helpful too so it's like that's natural for us so you just add that into the conversation so they know that you know they can ask you something if they want to but having um, an ask is not wrong it's part of the entire process
0: Right. There's so, so much in there. Like if you just have been listening to this, go back and just restart this whole section over again, listen to it a few times, because I feel like there's so many, like just good insights about life and conversation and connecting with people and all that stuff. really like just a great walkthrough of the whole process. And if you're someone that struggles with networking or like connecting with people and stuff professionally that listen to that section again, for sure. <laughs> A couple things I want to just call out that I thought were interesting about that. One is, oh, I guess first a question. Do you recommend like waiting? Let's say you're going to ask someone for a referral. Would you recommend applying and then then connecting with them or would you recommend like waiting to apply until after you've had the opportunity because sometimes like your resume might get lost in the submission but so do you recommend waiting or do you feel like it's more casual to be like i already applied without expecting a referral but i just want to let you know like if you you know if you can that i've already submitted my application and i'm really interested
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it depends on when you see the position is posted. So if it's posted super early. You do have like a couple of days to potentially get a referral and then apply, but I would never await more than like three days to send anything in, especially because your application could be called out afterwards. And super honestly, you could apply today, get a referral next week and still get an interview. Just because like a position is posted doesn't mean the recruiter is sitting there like reviewing every resume that comes in. So you want to do networking as soon as possible when you do see a role open. That's going to be very impactful and that will likely lead to an interview sooner. So it's not necessarily the referral. It's like, does your background match the position description enough for the recruiter to get notified either through you contacting them or through someone else intro introing you to go to the interview stage. It's really about like establishing that connection as soon as possible. But that's something you also don't have complete control over because some people are not on LinkedIn. Even if you email them, they just might not like get to it. So on your end, you do what you can and move on to the next role. So there's not just one role out there.
0: Totally fair. I think it's what you mentioned earlier is really important. And this goes for people who are transitioning careers or people who are just looking to get a new job. The first thing you need to be doing is assessing your story, who you are, like what you're looking for, and then how your skills transfer to those roles and how you're going to like show up in the job search, because that will make like every other component of all of this networking so much more effective. You could be the best networker in the world. And if you are, then it'll probably still work. But if you are just okay at networking, but you have a really relevant story and niche and like transferable skills, that will make your life so much easier when you're trying to network with these people.
1: Yeah, 100%. Super truthfully and kind of obviously, if you have direct relevant experience and you happen to catch the recruiter at a time when they're checking their DMs or email and they see your profile they were very likely interview you but for those things to all line up like it won't line up all the time sometimes
0: right. yeah
1: but let's talk about when you do have relevant experience but it's earlier career and you know 500 other people also have this experience because earlier career job search is a little different than like three or even five years plus Because earlier career, you're not getting hired for your expertise or your deep knowledge of anything. You will have some outcomes from your projects or maybe freelance work or group projects or things like that. But you're really getting hired for a mix of a certain level of technical expertise. But listen, most people would be able, like not everyone, but most that are practicing and keeping up their skills would be able to pass it. But then the second component is who you are and how you connect with people and your personality, how confident you feel, how interested you are in that company, in that role. So your passion and your enthusiasm can take you even further than your technical skills. For engineering roles, for example, yes, there are technical areas that you have to be proficient in. But earlier on in your career, as long as you check that box, it's not going to be like a major place to stand out if others also check that box so you want to come into the whole job search feeling like you do have something to offer because you do and actually express enthusiasm for that unique company and that unique role because people don't want to hire just like a person that says oh this job is cool or like oh i really want a job or like this is my first job in tech so excited (laughs) No, you want to be on the other end of that conversation and think, what does the hiring manager really resonate with? What will they resonate with is if someone is actually interested in that company and role. And the last thing I'll mention is it may seem a little fake, but you know what? If that gets you the, the role, it's worth it. And at the end of the day, you actually do want to be somewhat excited about that particular company product or role. So you do want to be vetting the opportunities yourself. So you're not kind of coming into it in like a flat perspective. You want to have some excitement and interest.
0: Totally. Awesome. I think it's so fascinating. So much of the job search, so much of the, the stuff people go through with their careers is so human. And that's what makes it hard. Like there's strategies and tactics and all these things, but there's so much nuance and there's, there's no like hundred percent, like do that, say this one thing every time and it'll work. So that's both the thing that makes it like worth doing, but also makes it really challenging. Okay, so I just want to wrap up here and just see if there's anything else like in terms of the candidates you work with or folks you've been talking to who have been transitioning careers or in the job search or whatever else, like any other advice or things that are really top of mind for you as of late when it comes to like career professionals navigating these these waters?
1: One thing that I'd love to mention is I know remote is really hot and interesting and may be very important for certain people, but if you can go local, do local first. Look for roles in your area that are maybe hybrid or on-site. They may not even be on-site full-time later on, but at first, when you're looking for actual positions, like narrow down your searches to the places in your city, in your state, in your surrounding areas, because that will give you the highest chances of actually getting through to someone because you're not going to be in a pile of resumes and you know relying on like someone seeing your DM. You're going to be really relevant. You're going to be literally in the state or city they're looking for. So of course, that gives you a lot more, a, a better starting point. And hopefully your skills are related to the role. And your networking will be better because like it'll have better results because people know that you're in the local area. So don't discount just like very basic facts of you, where you live. That can be literal strength in the whole job search process, especially if you're earlier on in your career.
0: Got it. Makes sense. I think also for a lot of folks earlier on in their career, again, I agree, like remote's very trendy. It's very great for a lot of people's lives, but there's a lot of value in, especially early in your career, just like visual learning, being around other people, doing the same job. I think it's a lot easier to transition to remote once you like have the skills and know what you're doing and you're more just like operating versus early in your career when you're trying to learn and grow and develop and stuff. It can be a value if you have the opportunity. Absolutely. Great. Cool. Well, if there's not anything else, I just want to say thank you again for joining the show, giving like a ton of really helpful feedback and a lot of just basically like the guidebook around networking, being social, putting yourself out there in the job search. And I know that it'll pay a lot of dividends for our listeners everywhere.
1: Absolutely. This was super fun. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much, Anna.